We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone Hello Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed I am James I am Aaron And uh, on our show we like to talk about things related to pop culture And not so pop culture um, and occasionally, as in just this first time, we will uh, revisit a plot uh, in a different format. Yeah. Um, we're doing a part two of our look at Before I Fall. Last week we looked at the book. This week we've watched the movie. We sure did. Um, I'm going to get something out of, the way, out of the way really quickly. Okay. It stars Zoe Deutsch. Did you look up her provenance? I did, and then promptly forgot it because she wasn't who I didn't. I thought I recognized yeah. her, and I didn't. So she, I promptly forgot it. So her her father is not a recognizable face. Okay. However, uh, his name is Howard Deutsch, and he directed Pretty in Pink. Oh. And also some kind of wonderful, which is a John Hughes related movie I've never seen. I'm even more bothered by some of the things that bothered me now. Yeah. Yeah. Even though him being her father and also directing Pretty in Pink, yeah, like. The two have nothing to do right, with each other. Exactly. It's not like he directed this and also Pretty Amazing. Right. But her mom is Leah Thompson, who played Lorraine Baines in Back to the Future. The mom in Back to the Future. Like the young mom? Yeah. Well, the mom, yeah. Marty's mom in Back to the Future. She was played... it was it the same actress yeah. in Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was the same actress when like in the future and mm-hmm. also in the past. Yeah, they just did they just It's did been a long time since I've seen Back to the Future. Yeah. Future? Back to the Back future. Back to the putrid. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said future. So um, also she was, she was also in like uh, Caroline in the City and like all, all these other things. She Zoe Deutsch looks very much like her mother. Okay. Um, that's probably honestly that's probably why I was like, why do you? Why does she look familiar? Especially in like the eye region. Yeah. Um, and also in the sort of expression and expressiveness region. The I was sort of lack of expressiveness. Yeah. Re- yeah. Um, I've never loved Leah Thompson's performances. She got better as the movies went on because she was also, we could get into the whole Back to the Future, like, wait, your grandfather also looked like you and your grandmother looked like your mom? Like, there's a whole weird thing in Back to the Future 3 where, like, it shouldn't, it should look like, anyways. But she was better in that than she was in Back to the Future 1. Okay. But she had, like, you know, four or five more years yeah. acting experience under her. I don't know that Back to the Future was her first role, but, like, she looks real wet behind the ears in the first one. Anyways. Okay. So, Zoe Deutsch, um, we would know her if we watched, like, Vampire Diaries. Yes. She is on that sh- television program, apparently. Yeah. It means nothing it meant to me. nothing to me, and it didn't really feel like she had learned any Anything? sort of thing. <laughs> She kept. She also looked like the wife of Doctor Cox from Scrubs, which you haven't watched. Dang it! Yeah. And she was in. And that, the lady was also in Cougar Town. You haven't watched that, and you wouldn't know her from any. She's not in anything else that I know of. Yeah. She she looks like a number of different like moms, which she is just weird. Kind of has that like girl next doory type face. And the thing. Okay, so you had said to me um, after you watched it and before I had, you said. I'm wondering if you're going to like this actress. Yeah. She was fine. But, yeah. 
Exactly. I mean... Dot, 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 find dot, 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 question mark is about how I felt about her as well. That's kind of how I felt about the whole movie. Agreed. Absolutely. Which there is were... right in our wheelhouse of great episodes. So look, yeah. strap in. This is going to be a good one. Yeah. So over... Like, there were moments in the... Probably... I would say from about 65% to about 85%. Of the way through the movie. Of the, Yeah. Okay. Of the way through yeah. the movie. Yeah. I was... Like, all in and, like, completely invested. Okay. And I don't even remember, like, specifically what was happening at those points. But I have very few notes from mm-hmm. that from that time. Okay. Because I was like, okay, this is... I'm like... In, I was really enjoying watching it. Yeah. And the first 65% and the last 15% yeah. were fine. Yeah. I feel like there's no way to do this movie justice... And not have you not enjoy the first, up until the first death. Yeah. I think you have to not like any of the characters up until the first death. Right. And then it's about gradually redeeming them. And so that is, I think, the big, for me, that was the, they changed a lot from the books. The biggest change for me was that they did not make Sam unlikable. Mm -hmm. She was just kind of there. Like... Yes, absolutely. She was, like, in the book, she was an active participant in all of the Mean Girl stuff. Right. In the movie, she wasn't. Right. Like, to the point where at the party when Lindsay's, like, yelling at Juliet and throwing drinks on her, Sam is there, but she's kind of standing back, like, obviously uncomfortable. And at one point, she was like, no one likes you. Yeah. Like, she was... Like she, she wasn't, had to add something. Yeah, but, like she felt like she had to add something in, but was it like, is this an okay thing to say? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. She felt, I think I liked her the most when she wasn't among those other three actresses. Yes. Because she wasn't, I felt like, I feel like they didn't cast them at the same time. You know how like, I have one experience of casting anything and it was not for a show that needed any sort of casting situation Mm -hmm. um but i feel like when we were when i was at like curtain calls or no what are they called when uh, callbacks callbacks um they would be like all right let's see what you look like with you and you sort of like height wise and like do they look like they'd work together whatever it feels like they skipped that part yes so yeah one of my actually my very first note here is they didn't even try to make her look like one of the cool girls she's way too girl next door yes she, so, like, Lindsay looked like one of the cool girls. Yes. Allie, the Asian one, looked like one of the cool... Like, the way she had, like, the bangs and yeah. her hair... Like, she clearly hadn't put in any Asian particular woman. effort that yeah. day. But, like, she had, like, that tossed up without any... Like, the she had, like, the perfect messy bun yeah. that you could tell she put no effort into making it look that perfectly messy. Right. In a way that only the cool girls can do. Sure, 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 sure. And then Elodie... Still not a huge... No, like, clear... Nobody could pull off those pigtails... Right. ...without being one of the cool girls. Right. And when she took the pigtails out, she was clearly one of the cool girls. Right. But, like, she came out in those pigtails, and I was like, okay, like, that works... Yeah. ...for her somehow. Whereas if they had done that with Sam... Yeah. She would have looked like a Girl Scout. She looked like a student teacher. Yeah. That outfit yeah. that she they had her in was student teacher. I'm still cool, but I'm also I'm also in charge. So why don't you sit down, Jeremy? 
Do you think part of the reason we think that is because we like one of Greeley's go to like dressing up outfits was that kimono style dress that she had? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if that rings a bell I, for I, you. I know what your dress you're talking about. It was like black with like gold yeah. trim. Yeah. I hadn't made the connection. It was more the sleeves flaring out. Like, I didn't notice the did, sleeves. Did, I feel she, like she was, she was, for those who haven't seen the movie, yeah. she was wearing this like like light blue the top like neck area it had like the mandarin collar and like the little frog clasps and it was styled to look kind of um like a like a chinese robe yeah i i not a kimono because that's right. japan but right. like styled to look like a chinese robe but then it had like this little flared this short little like oh. above the knee flared skirt that didn't fit with the rest of the dress that's what i'm 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 so sorry, and I said sleeves and I think of that as like the dress, like the shirt had a sleeve as a bottom of it. Does okay, that make yeah, sense? Like kind of, yeah. Like it, it, instead of having like like fancy piano player like flary sleeves, mm-hmm. it had that as the waist of it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like the little flared out. <laughs> yeah, because I think it was like a short sleeve. Dress. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, but she was also wearing a coat for half of it, so yeah. she didn't. I didn't believe that they would be friends. I like she was she had an okay business while other people are talking face. Mm-hmm. With, like I could believe that she it just wasn't like they didn't match and they don't need to match like whatever but like they need to match in terms of like vibes that you get from them and yeah. the other three did and she didn't. And I know that eventually we're supposed to see that she is different from them and like yeah in in sort of like they're all different from each other but like she's also sort of this savior person and whatever right but it, i got that from the very start and i never got she had i feel like her mouth was expressive and like when she smiled it was i was like oh what that's a very nice smile yeah but her eyes did never did anything yeah and and so when her mouth was closed because she wasn't smiling I felt like she was doing. She had no expression. Yeah, yeah she exactly. was like a blank mask. Yeah, yeah. Like the and the only time that to me, they made her look. I guess part of it also like they didn't really have her in any kind of makeup or anything. Right. And like her hair was just pulled back. So whereas the other girls had all, like they all clearly had a look. Right. And she didn't have a look except like even for the party she didn't have a look. Right. Except for. Um, in her, if I'm going to have to keep reliving this day, I'm going to do whatever I want right, day right. where she like smudged some eyeliner on her face. And that should have been her base look yeah. for being a, for being one of like the cool, pretty right, girls. Right. Her base look should have been smoky eye, red lipstick. Like, yeah. Watching that was kind of fascinating to me because I was like, OK, you're watching because like my wife doesn't put on. I mean, like she's not a high school girl. Right. I'm FYI. Here's a fun fact about me. Not married to a high school girl. Um, write that down. That's an Easter egg for all you <laughs> yeah. UFO nerds. Um, um, so I've never seen like the process of putting on what you call it, like a smoky eye situation. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is so interesting because it looks like she's just sort of like, bleh, bleh. yeah. And then like later, I was like, oh, that kind of looks nice on her. Like, so I'm not good with eye makeup. Like okay. I have a very basic eye like. I look that I do because it's the only one I can do where I don't look like when my kids do my makeup for me. Right. But so what she does is she takes her eyeshadow brush and like 
jabs it into the black eye shadow and smears it all over her eyelids and then like uses her fingers to like rub underneath her eyes while she makes this really weird face. <laughs> and that's not how you do a smoky eye. There's a lot of finesse yeah. and, and stuff involved. Like what she did. Are we to believe that she's so skilled at makeup application? What I'm assuming. Well, and so that, so she does this, like the way she's putting it on looks like she's going for like a hardcore, yeah. like goth look. Yeah. And then she comes out with this beautiful smoky eye. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, not only did she not apply her makeup in a way that would produce this result. Right. But she didn't like, do they expect us to believe that her smearing eyeshadow all over her face is, I, I don't, I don't, I, I kind of lost my train of thought yeah. there for a second, but like, I don't understand well, it's... how she would have gotten from point A to point B without completely taking all of the makeup off right. and starting over. It's, it's like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. So it's like, you can't just build on wild and crazy makeup face. No, because once you've got that much black eyeshadow smeared all over your eyelids, yeah, like you can't just take it. You can't just be like, "Oh, I put on a little too much. Let me just get a Q-tip and wipe right. it away." Black eyeshadow doesn't do that. Right. So you have to like get a make like remove the eye makeup and start over, which yeah. is why I'm not good at eye makeup right. because I always end up starting over like three or four times and then I look like I have pink eye, right? Because my eyes are so raw, <laughs> right, right? I think so. So I think what. What I'm what I'm hearing from this is that of if she had started with the perhaps perhaps toned down by five percent or whatever just to whatever started with her I'm going nuts and I'm going to just go crazy with this makeup look mm-hmm. she would have looked like she maybe fit in more with the other girls in the car yeah. And then, but I think the problem then is that how do you up the ante so much and still have her look like, cause unfortunately in the, you know, in the movie industry that we're, that we live with, it's like, she still has to look hot even when she's looking, you know, I'm using super air quotes, like looking too outrageously right. skanky. I think part of the problem, I mean, like you, it, it was, it was a casting Mishap, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. She is too fresh-faced mm-hmm. that then when they put makeup on her, yeah. she ends up looking too glam for every day. Yeah. But you can't, like, there's only so much you can do to tone down, like, a basic makeup look without just going right back to fresh face, not wearing any. Right. So I... I feel like we've spent like the past five minutes talking about her eyeshadow. But I think it's it's drilling to a point that a larger point about like what our issue with her was. Yeah. I think that they wanted her to be very pretty, very cool, and very smart. Mm-hmm. And and you can do that. And and please please don't think that I'm saying like you you know, pick two. Yeah. But the other three girls they'd picked two. Yeah. And for her to she had a very um Ellen Page from yes, Juno look. That's who she was reminding yeah. me of. Yes. And the thing about Juno and Ellen Page is always she's one too cool for this mm-hmm. and two too smart for this. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. Yes. Ellen Page is beautiful. Yeah. But she's not beautiful with a capital B. Check out this beautiful like teenage girl. She's yeah. so pretty. Yeah. 
and that's and that and so they were bringing that vibe the sort of you know a, a nicer a juno student teaching vibe to it and it didn't work and i didn't believe she felt like an imposter to me yeah and and so it was hard to like you sort of it was like they laid out where they were going with her transformation already yes so. yeah it yeah so one of the other things that i noticed that I understand why it happened. And this happens with Stephen King stuff a lot. It feels a lot more drastic because Stephen King has so much detail. Mm-hmm. They they did a lot of consolidating. Yes. Of like, in the book there were, there was a chemistry quiz that didn't happen. There was a calculus thing that, that, that the teacher was changed into an English teacher. She only had, they only had one classroom yeah. situation. And listeners of our episode last week... They didn't have the kind of classroom situation that was in the book. Yes. They, yeah, she did not make out with her teacher. No. I would have. He was a good looking man to the point of like, I was like, he's definitely, they're definitely going to have her make out with him. Yeah. My second note is, oh, I would defo make out with this teacher on his desk. Yeah. Um, my, my note about him was um, this poor English teacher. Yeah. So fun <laughs> fact about him. I was like, this guy looks real familiar. Yeah. So I looked him up. I've seen him. He was on Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. In a role that I don't remember existing. Oh. It was a five-episode arc. <laughs> and so I texted uh, Mel and Diane. Hi, Mel and Diane. Hi, Mel and Diane. And I was like, uh, who was Alex on PLL? And they were like, nah. And so Mel Googled it, and she was like, apparently he was a Spencer love interest, but I don't remember him at all. Huh. I don't. Like, I looked at this guy's whole filmography, and I'm like, the only thing I've seen him in is Pretty Little Liars, and I don't remember him. That's so crazy. I can't, like, Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you what season. Yeah. I have no idea yeah. who this character was. Yeah. That's I have so crazy. no memory of him. Um, let's, do, let's do a really quick um, casting corner on this. Okay. Uh, just to get... Because many of my notes are, oh, that person's this person. Oh, that yeah. person's this person. Uh-huh. So, Zoe Deutsch, we got out of the way. Uh, her best friend, Lindsay, is played by an actress who, at one point in my notes, I was like, she looks like the Joker because her smile is so, like whatever wide <laughs> and when i wrote that i was like i feel like i've had that exact same thought before and she played a very similar character more heart of goldie but very similar position in the social status of the yeah. high school uh in the movie paper towns which you and i went and saw for free yep um thank you again no um, problem and so and she played it was a very interesting almost alternate universe role for this same actress to play these two same similar but sort of different path characters. Yeah. Um, it was like they were on the same path, and then Lindsay just, her parents got divorced, and it was real bad. Yeah. And I don't remember what the girl's name was. I want to say, like, Paige or, like, Penny. Or Lacey. Lacey, yeah. I was, was so close. Um, Pacey um, <laughs> was, like, her parents didn't get divorced or she handled it better or something. Like, yeah. She was more well-adjusted, but they were the same social yeah. status. It was yeah. it was very interesting. Um Sam's mom <laughs> is my, aside from why does Rob have a nose ring? My only other all caps note is, holy shit, the mom is the girl from Flashdance. Yes. Yes. And I did not, I didn't recognize her one single bit. I recognized her as, I like, her face was familiar to me. Yeah. But I thought it was because I'd seen her, like, play the mom in something else. Yeah. 
Like, I thought that maybe she had played a mom on Pretty Little Liars. Right. I thought that she... I had seen... I don't know where I saw that it was like, oh, and Jennifer... Beals. Beals is her mom. And I, I confused Jennifer Beals and Jennifer Grey. And you know how Jennifer Grey doesn't look anything like she did in, like, Ferris Bueller? Yeah, because she got her nose done yeah. and it made her look like a completely different person? Yes. Yeah. I thought that was... I was like, oh, okay. And then they were like, from Flashdance. I was like, oh, Oh, different. Okay, different. Different nineteen eighties. Yeah, seminal movie Jennifer. The, the other Jennifer. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So very cool to see her in sort of a nothing role. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> cool yeah. to see her. The mom had even more of a nothing role in this than in the book. Than in the book. Yeah. Although, um, I don't think the part where she has a moment with Sam and Sam was like, "I think you're beautiful," mm-hmm. and like. High school was hard for me, and people said my eyes were really close together. Yeah. That was added to the movie, and I think it benefited from it. I, I agree. Um, I agree. I also understood the nail polish more on mm-hmm. Hardwood Floor. Yes. I thought, was it carpet in the book? Because... I don't think it was mentioned. So in in both the book and the movie, yeah. at one point... I don't even know how long ago. When but she it was like 10 or something. Yeah, yeah. Sam and her mom had had a fight. And so Sam used nail polish to draw a line through like the threshold of her bedroom. Yeah. Um, and her mom was not allowed to cross it. Yeah. And her mom actually like to this day sticks to that. Until, like unless invited. Well, there was one moment where um, where she crossed. Yeah. In the book. In the movie she didn't cross at yeah. all. Um, and I had kind of forgotten about yeah. it until like. There was a, that first scene where her mom comes to her doorway. There's like a close-up of her mom's feet standing yeah. right next to that line. Yeah. And I'm like, is that a, like, that's a yeah. weird shot. I don't yeah. understand. And it wasn't until Izzy mentioned yeah. it much, much later in the movie. I was like, oh, right. Yeah. I do remember that. I, I noticed it right away because I had I had been picturing. Also, I did the thing like we did with Misery and her bedroom was different mm-hmm. than I pictured in the from the book. Yeah. So I was like, oh, her door's over there. And I was thinking, I was like, that's a that's a that's not a great criticism because they could put just have put the camera on the other side of the bed from where you, my head camera was. Yeah. And it could still be the same. Yeah. It was. That's a, no, I, I get very. That's one of the things that I don't like about like watching the movie of a book yeah. is when the room is oriented differently. Yeah. And actually, so I just complete sidebar, but I just yeah. finished reading Gerald's game. Yes. And the way the room looked in my head was clearly like reverse, like a mirror image of the way he intended it to look because okay. he kept talking about her, like looking to the left and seeing a thing. And I'm like, but, but the thing's over there. It's on the right. Why, why do you keep doing this Stephen King? And I was, and it was like, re- he means right. He means right. I mean, it, it, it was like distracting to me. Oh no. Um, which I was looking for distractions. Sure. With that, sure. that book's, I can't wait for you to read that book so we can discuss it on air or off. That book's. <laughs> I just accidentally had uh, three Stephen King holds activate at the end of June. So oh well, I have some books from the library, which I'm, you know, I might I have Carrie, which I think is pretty short, which I yeah. might, might might be my next one. But yeah. Gerald's game is short and it's a fairly quick yeah. read. Um, don't I mean you know it's not I don't need it back yeah anytime soon. So right because I actually or I've, eh, I'm going to keep it in my collection. Yeah, but I don't plan to read it ever again you can you can hang on to our our mutually acquired mm-hmm. stephen king collection yep yep <laughs> um so when i was when i was in the book um yeah i'm sorry you're mm-hmm. fine i think i was picturing my daughter's bedroom threshold which is carpet mm-hmm. so when it was like nail polish i was like ew like they didn't like clean that or like it, it looked a lot messier than it did yeah. in the book where it was hardwood floors yeah um anyway so 
Yeah, I, I thought that that um, it was still a nothing role, but it was cool to see uh, like super famous from the eighties. Yeah. Um, the dad, I was really hoping would have a big payoff on who he was because he looked really, really familiar. Okay. And it didn't very much. Um, as far as I can tell, the most famous um, role that he had was he was on the X Files as basically. I thought of it as, um, so the smoking man is like the big mm-hmm. bad guy. Yeah. He was the smoking man's right-hand man, Crycheck. Okay. And I say that, I say it specifically only so that Mark, when he's listening to this in three months, will be like, it's Crycheck. It's Crycheck. And I've seen episodes with him mm-hmm. already, so I guess I'm remembering him from that. But like, it felt like there should be another payoff where he was some other guy in another movie. That's how I felt about Mr. Daimler. Yeah. I was like, you look so familiar, and yeah. clearly I recognize you from this thing, but that's not why you look familiar to me, because I don't really remember you in this thing. In your case, it's more like, you know, that was like 20 years ago, and well, so I don't... X-Files, my X-Files watch was like last year. So oh, like, okay. I, I, well, I watched the but, first but season. But he was yeah. still 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And he's a memorable, unlikable character, so like, yeah. I get it, but like, I thought it would be more of a payoff. Yeah. So they did a lot of like consolidation. Yeah. This is the movie the theme of the of the adaptation of this movie is consolidating. Yeah. They did they sort of they cut out all sort of extraneous interactions and really sort of honed in on just like her interactions with her four friends. Yeah. As opposed to any other interactions with other people other than Kent, of course. Which can we talk about Kent? Yes. One of my notes is that I didn't get as much of a feeling of her falling for Kent. I think that's one thing that books do a lot better a lot of the time than movies. Yes. Because you get the inner monologue. Right. That you don't get in movies. In the book, I completely believed that she had that she was falling for him over the course of her last few repeats. Yeah. In this one, it seemed like all of a sudden, like... Well, yeah. I think... Okay. Let me unpack that a little bit. In the book, she'd always been in love with him since she was little. Because when she she first describes him, it's that annoying trope of like, oh, God, Kent, he's so annoying in his pretty eyes and great smell. And he always says funny things. And I just can't stop thinking about how much I hate him. Yeah. And you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. like, yeah, I mean, it was very in, yeah. In the book, from the moment you you first meet Kent, it is very clear that he is the love interest of this story. She's like, oh, he would be cute if he wasn't so annoying. He has a little heart under his eye that I've always noticed. That yeah, he had like this little heart shaped mole, and I don't know why, but that really bothered me in yeah. the book. I'm like, you, couldn't you just said like he had a mole? Like it had to be heart shaped. Yeah. Like it was a little too specific. Yeah. And I and I was like I kept I basically kept picturing like a uh, Marie Antoinette style like drawn on birthmark, <laughs> right. but like like a little yeah. little heart sticker exactly. under his eye. Which actually I would I wish that that had been how they did that in the movie because like yeah. like Ken just being a weirdo and just like always having like a, a <laughs> Lisa Frank heart sticker right below his eye. They another note I have they did not make him ducky enough, which the, I appreciated. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. In the book, he was very ducky from Pretty in Pink, which is why her father, the actress, yeah. Zoe Deutsch's father directing Pretty yeah. in Pink, I'm like, then why couldn't they have just followed through with the ducky thing, even though he was not the director of this? Right, right. I appreciated that they didn't make him as quirky 
as they did in the book. Yeah. Because it seems more believable for someone like Sam to fall for someone like Kent if he's not as, like, weirdo theater dude. Yeah. But instead they made him, like, sweater, like, frumpy sweater-wearing editor of the newspaper, like, almost invisible boy? He, yeah, he was something, he was someone... To whom Sam happened. like Yes. Like, and I think they did a gradual, she's all that to him. Like, I think they sort of were like, all right, and then this scene, his, his, it's going to be more like a rugby shirt. And then this scene, it's going to be like a nice button up shirt. Like, yeah, it, he gradually got like less frumpy and like his clothes started to fit him more. And like his weird ass hair was God, like. his hair drove me insane. But like by the end, you were sort of like, oh, that's kind of nice. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I, I I was like, okay, it's improved. Yeah, my my uh, one of my notes is, haha, ah, Kent is kind of adorable. Eventually, <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> like it it like at first I was like, ugh, really? But I felt like that made it almost more believable because it was like, okay, so like I don't see it, but you can like I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy watching her start to see it. Yeah, but there was less of a stake. And I didn't feel like we saw her start to see it. Just right. all of a sudden, she saw... Like, there was no starting to see it. Just all of a sudden, she... Like, she suddenly... It clicked, and she yeah. noticed him. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is the consolidation... Sure. ...that they did. Yep. We didn't get as many playthroughs... Yeah. ...or repeats... Replays. ...or replays, yeah. or Groundhog Days, or whatever you yeah. want to call them. Like, we didn't get as many loops. Yeah. And so, we didn't see... And we don't have the inner monologue, so we didn't see her suddenly noticing yeah. the cute, sweet things about him. Yeah. He didn't yell at her in the movie as much as he did in the book in my head. Yes. Um, He was sort of like, hey, come on, what's going on? Why did you let this happen? And you're sort of like, Kent, knock it off. Stuff happened. Just go away. Yeah. Whereas in the book, it was like, no, Sam, you are, you know, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And there was less of a, like, he had less of a, he took less of a bold stance then at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so any stance he took later was was a sort of a whatever stance because he'd yeah. always sort of had a whatever stance. Yeah. Um. Also, in the book, she started to super fall for him after he was comforting her after her friends all died or got super injured in the in the car, yeah, I the think car accident where Elodie died. Yeah, Elodie died and Lindsay and Allie were really yeah, hurt. Um and that didn't happen? Yeah. So it was He like what even ha- he found her crying in it. Oh, she was at she the had, end of her dark day and had sex with Rob. Did she No, uh, okay. That's interesting. In the book, he fell as- they started to and he fell asleep, right? Right. He like passed out and she's like, okay, so I guess we're not doing this. But, right. but they, that day they, she was going to. Right. They cut away before we could see the result of that in the movie. Yeah. So in the movie, what happened was he said, I love you. And then he goes, is that what you were waiting to hear? And they cut to a time later when she wasn't, didn't appear to be super upset about that. Didn't they? I thought they then cut to her leaving the ro- like leaving the room fully dressed and crying. Yep. Well, okay. So the way I saw it, and I could totally, I'm, I'm absolutely willing to to not uh, to have been wrong about this. Mm-hmm. The way I saw it was, he said it like 
God, his delivery of that line was too after school specialty to me. Mm-hmm. He's like, is that what you wanted to hear? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and then I felt like they cut to her leaving, going to his room, and then crying. And maybe that was a sort of like, I don't want to cry in the middle of this party sort of situation. But I didn't feel like she was like, oh, God, I can't believe you just said that. It was like sort of a um, Liv Tyler and Empire Records sort of situation. Oh. I I. I, I expected with that line and that situation they were in more of a like oh god i suddenly see what's wrong with this situation and like kind of like my my clothes like running not fully dressed but she was she seemed more like i i've stood up and i've gathered my clothes and i've put my sweater back on or whatever my yeah. my half thing my my long sweater that i'm pretending is a dress right um and now i'm going to go over here and oh now i'm crying because whatever and oh no all my eye makeup is running <laughs> yeah i the way i remember it he said that and then the next shot was her leaving the room and yeah. she was clearly like to me she seemed clearly upset but right. i think she waited until she got or like she was crying as she went into kent's room right but I mean, regardless, yeah. I assumed that she had figured figuring, and maybe maybe this is you know projecting. But you know, she's done this loop so many times, and this is her dark day where she's going to do whatever the fuck she wants. Right. I mean, if I were her, I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. Even if he's a dick, like I'm just in the in the book. He- <laughs> Sometimes the d- dick is all you need. <laughs> And that's really about all he was able to provide for her. In the, but in, not in the, in the book. In the movie, maybe. In yeah. the movie, maybe. Yeah, it's un- I guess it's unclear if she leaves the room and goes to Kent's room to cry because he has just said this really douchebag thing to her, Rob. Right. Or if it's because she had sex with him, realizes that it was not good. Right. Or enjoyable in any way. Right. Because he has a nose ring. Right. Um, I just... The nose ring just made no sense to me. Like, I don't understand nose sense. (laughs) Well, it's like when, um, in 13 Reasons Why, when the guy whose name is not Drew, Alex, had the um, septum piercing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it didn't make sense to me why... Because he's alternative. Well, yes, but then he ended up hanging out with all of, like, the cool jock kit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. The septum piercing for me was weird to me in that. Rob's nose ring, he's, like, this clean-cut all-American jock guy, and he's got a nose ring? Well, one of my notes early on, I think when I first saw him, was that I pictured Rob as more jockey and less skatery. Yes. Because he was a lot more, like, I'm going to go... He was a skater boy. He was a skater boy. She, she said, said, see you later, later, boy. boy. <clears throat> he wasn't good enough for her. Oh, we're doing this? She was a... He was a preppy? She was a pretty face, but her head was up in space. She needed to come back down to Earth. Got it. Got it. It's really... You know, those are the things that we can really think about. Yeah. Skate. Or bois. Bois. Skate or bois. Canadians with their French influences. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I'm... <laughs> I said, are we supposed to like them at all? I hope not. Um, about, about the beginning of the movie. Oh. Um. But yeah, I, I definitely pictured a more um, <laughs> uh, the guy in Can't Hardly Wait that was the captain of the football, Mike mm-hmm. uh, Mike Dexter. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Ellie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was who I pictured Rob being. Same. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because what that means is that this book is just 
constructed of tropes, which then oh, absolutely, the movie kind of broke down a little bit, but like. We're like, oh no, my precious tropes. Don't take them yes. away from me. <laughs> I don't remember what we were talking about before we started talking about her crying and yeah. oh, we were talking about well, how Kent. they hooked up. So yeah. yeah. Or how so, they So yeah, fell so he well. finds her in his room and she's crying and he he's like, Do you want me to take you home? And she's like, No, I don't want to go home. He's like, Do you wanna stay? You can like you can stay here. And in the book he puts her in the guest room. Oh he, he puts her to bed in the guest room. Does he? Yeah. He, like, gives her, like, a pair of his boxers and a yeah. T-shirt to sleep in, and she takes a shower because she'd been running around in the woods. Right, right, right. Because it was the playthrough where she tried to save Juliet. Juliet jumped in front of the car. And Elodie The car and hit her, yeah. and Elodie died. Right. In the mo- and so he puts her to bed in the guest room, and right. in the movie, he's like, you can sleep in my bed. I'll sleep somewhere else. And she's like, okay, that sounds good. I mean, that was the cutest exchange in the whole it movie. It was a very cute exchange. She She gave him a look like... He he was like, oh, I mean, he's like, you you know, you can stay here if you want. And he's like, oh, I mean, you don't have to. And like, she gave him a look that was like, yeah, what you just said was real dumb. Like, yeah, you, are you just going for it, or are you just putting your foot in your mouth? Yeah, it was a very nice exchange. It was very cute. Um, um, but yeah, it worked. That, I've her relationship with Kent worked better in the book. I agree. I agree. I agree. She was much more likable in the movie. At no yeah. point did I have that moment, like, I, w- the very first time I read the book, I almost didn't keep reading it because she was so awful yeah. at the beginning. And yeah. the second read-through, I was like, okay, I obvious, like this obviously gets better, so I'm going to keep going because <laughs> I remember nothing about this book. Right. But she's real bad. You have a tough time remembering books that involve re- replays. I really do, don't I? <laughs> I remembered the plot of this one. I right. just didn't remember how horrible she yeah. was. Um, my Oh, my other uh, note that was a complete throwaway was the only non-red rose given out at all in this entire movie is Kent's pretty white and red one. Like, I like to think that he, like, got it. He special. must have because yeah. they showed us an entire gymnasium literally filled with red roses. Right, right. But... Why? Do, I would like to know, why did they make Juliet look like a bag lady? Because when, like, when we were in high school, there were a handful of kids who didn't really have many friends. They were like the, quote, weird kids. Or they were, friend, they were all friends with each other. Or they were friends with each other. But they never dressed like bag ladies. Like, this girl was in, like, 15 layers and... One of which was her hair. Yes, like, she had so much... Hair all combed down over her face like yeah. cousin it. Yeah. And she was wearing this like giant sweater that I'm pretty sure went down to the floor. Yeah. And these huge, like wide legged, like late nineties wide leg jeans. Like it didn't make sense to me. Why not just have her wearing Yeah. I mean, like the kids in our that we went to school with who quote weren't cool either just wore kind of like normal bland clothes. Right. Like, you know, maybe not the most stylish style of jeans. Sure. But like they would wear like jeans and t-shirts. Right. Yep. Or they would wear trendy stuff, but it just didn't work. Or or there were a couple that would like sort of an overalls sort of look or like yeah. a, like a big sort of like denim dress or whatever. Yes. Like, but, and yeah, but like, 
I don't know. It was like they needed to make her over the top alienated. Yes. Like, why couldn't she... What I didn't understand is why couldn't she have been doing art in an art class? Like, I just don't understand. And I understand that, like... What I do understand is that, like, she was isolated and felt alone and felt like she's never going to make any friends and Juliet or uh, Lindsay has ruined her entire life and mm-hmm. kept her from making any friends or whatever. But, like, why wasn't Anna friends with her? Yeah. Why wasn't... What I would have loved is a scene where we see that Juliet's just fine in her art class and and... And mm-hmm. Lindsay and her bullshit can just go take a hike. Of course, that would have thrown off the whole I need to throw myself in front of a car situation. Right. Maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. if 13... We don't need to get into it. Yeah. Um, perhaps. But, like, I I felt like they, it was over the top, like, she's alone. Look yeah. at her making her weird art by herself in the art room. Can you believe how weird she is? In the middle of school when... Why were there no other people in the art room? Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It was yeah. it was it was a weird choice to make her so alien. It really was. Yeah. I do think that the Juliet part of the party was much more impactful in the movie. And maybe it's just because the actual visual versus my mind's eye visual yeah. of all of the these people at this party throwing their drinks at her because Lindsay throws a drink on her, so that must be the cool thing to do. Yeah, it was and, shot in such in 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 such a weird, a cool, like mm-hmm. horrifying way. Well, and the fact that they were in that room that was lit only by red light, because mm-hmm. I guess that's what yeah, because like cool parties wanna, like, have? make out or whatever. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, it was like the make out party room, but yeah. um, but I really, I I think that the. Like, the way it was shot and that lighting, and it was much more clear, as we said before, that Sam was really not feeling what Lindsay was doing. Right. For that, you know, in that initial... Yeah. The the action of, of I guess, a beer or, like, a drink or whatever, some, the contents of a red Solo cup... Yep. Um, ...being thrown at someone was, at the same time, far more, like... I, the only word I could think of feeble that's the word I'm looking for far more like oh that was that was just like the dregs of the cup and the, and also somehow because of that even more horrifying yeah like it felt like oh they're not doing it like I pictured like whole like yeah, things well, full like of whatever when, think, when yeah when you think of you know scenes you see in movies where a woman throws her full drink on a guy at right. a bar she like throws it at yeah. him and this was more like the dregs of a red solo cup with like a downward flick of the wrist where yeah. it's like a projectile dumping yeah. as opposed to a throwing. And it was so, it was, I mean like, it was like she was being shot or like, or yeah. like, or like something like it was, it was, a, it was a violent thing. And yeah. the visual of that was more so in the movie. Yeah. Well, and every time she would get a drink dumped on her, she would like jerk away from that direction yeah. and like bump into something yeah. where it was, I mean like you're, like you just said, like as though she were being shot, there yeah. was like a an impact. A, yeah, yeah. Like you could see the impact of this drink hitting yeah. her. Yeah, in a way that yeah, I didn't picture when yeah. I was reading it. And her, I mean, the the volume of her hair mm-hmm. catching most of the liquid and just deflating exactly. around. Exactly, it was sort of like a sideshow Bob, only less hilarious. Like yeah, yeah. Like it was it was cousin it like Bob this girl had so yeah. much hair it, her hair was like is it Carol Kane who's on um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kimmy Schmidt 
uh-huh. with like the the yep. huge cur- like frizzy curly that looks like it's been like teased out and yeah. then yeah that was yeah. how this girl's hair was but it was also like down to her waist yep there was so much of it yeah she looked she looked much older like just the way her face looked yeah she had more of like was it like her bo- the actress's like bone structure she didn't look like a teenager yeah she looked like if you had cast her like she she had the kind of face that would always get her cast as like the mother in the high school play mm okay yeah in the high school yeah yeah especially yeah. compared to sam who looked like she was 9 years old what well, i actually wrote that sam at some points and maybe it was just her outfit i said she looks like she's 30 like yeah she, but both. I agree with both yeah. sentiments. Like, she either looked like a child mm-hmm. or, like, she was one of their moms. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the other three girls all basically look looked like teenagers. Authentic, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, they look like what Hollywood thinks teenagers look like. Sure. Right. Which is to say 23-year-olds. 20, right, exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It was, it was weird. So, I had some notes on the end. Yeah, talk to that was. I don't have any other notes, but I am sure that we oh can find other things to talk about. I did say uh, cell phone life was a lot more in the movie than in oh, the yeah. book, and it's interesting because it was. What did we say? Seven seven years? Yeah, between yeah, because yeah, both were two thousand ten. Yeah, so in that time, all the teens are on the cell phones mm-hmm. now. In in, yeah. the, in the most grumpy old Andy Rooney sort of grumpy old man way to say that. Yeah, like. But I think it's true, and I think that mm-hmm. was that it was an important update to make. They had several moments where it was like, "Oh, I just got this text," or "Oh, I just heard about this horrifying news," like we said, from my phone. Ringing. Yeah, that was before we started recording. Oh, yeah. We talked about that, but yeah, we just said it. Yeah, but you didn't hear it. <laughs> you didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, in yeah in the movie, um, they get a text that in, in the one in the loop where they don't go to the party, they yeah. get a text that Juliet has killed herself. Yeah, instead of. Allie's mom coming in and saying, I just heard from the neighbor right. that this happened. She heard on the landline. On the landline. Landline. Landline? Um, I was sad that they didn't uh, They didn't have a, the country's best yogurt situation mm-hmm. at all. But maybe... maybe It was more of the consolidation, though. It, I wonder also if they... I mean, because TCBY is an actual thing. Mm, true. So they would have probably had to have gotten some permission. I always thought TCBY stood for this can't be yogurt. No, it's definitely the country's best yogurt. Was it ever this can't be yogurt? Um, may, there may have been an advertising campaign, or 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 something. Okay, but um, like the concept being like this can't be yogurt. It tastes just like ice cream. Like I can't believe it's not butter, but uh-huh. for yogurt. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I mean, like I don't know. I don't know for certain. But um, one of my like this is the thing I focused on when I had my wisdom teeth out mm-hmm. is like what does that stand for? So in Nebraska, we had lots of TCBYs. Okay. And knowing that that stood for the country's best yogurt um, was important to me when I was eight. So like, okay. I you had wisdom could... teeth out when you were eight? Uh, no. Okay. Sorry, I, I totally jumped stories. So in Nebraska, we had TCBYs, and I knew, and it's always been important to me what things stand for. Right. And that was, and so I know that it's always been important to me, and sort of a base thing that's important to me because when I was high on painkillers for my wisdom teeth. It was the only thing I could ask the the like the nurses and stuff that were mm-hmm. waking me up was, what does that stand for? What does that stand for? What does that <laughs> okay. stand for? Yeah. So, um, I'm pretty. So I know the country's best yogurt is 
what it officially stands for. It could be that they they were like, let's see, what other TCBYs can we have in this advertising campaign or whatever. Okay. I don't... Do, do we have TCBYs on the East Coast? Not anymore. Okay. I'm pretty sure we did when I was a kid, but I swear I thought it was called This Can't Be Yogurt. So yeah. maybe on the East Coast, we had This Can't Be Yogurt's <laughs> that everybody called TCBY, Yeah, but it wasn't TCB. I'm starting to have one of those, like, oh, Jeff Daniels moments where yeah. I'm like, but did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I found... We, we should do some we should do some internet research because I had an argument like a long standing argument with with um <laughs> my wife about uh, Chuck E Cheese mm-hmm. because in Nebraska there was a pizza the Chuck E Cheese was part of a band in at Showbiz Pizza okay that sounds familiar um and to Kristen it had always been Chuck E Cheese and we were like I was like no it was Showbiz Pizza and then they like. It became Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, wait, wait, wait. In Nebraska, the place was called Showbiz Pizza. Yeah. And Chucky was just like the leader of... Was in oh, the, he was in no. the band. It was always called Chuck E. Cheese here. Right. And they... Mur- so I did some... Like I was at Chuck E. Cheese at a birthday party, so I had absolutely nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And so it was on my mind. And it turns out that like, yeah, Chuck E. Cheese ate all the Showbiz Pizzas and sort of merged. I don't know okay. what, what the timeline was. It feels like I feel like I remember Chuck E. Cheese being at Chobis Pizza, but like I don't remember what the timeline was. But okay. like the answer is we're both right, and like right. like it was it was the same thing. It's just that Chobis Pizza wasn't a East Coast thing. We can move on. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna Google it, but okay. Um. Oh, it's the country's best. Oh, so okay. So the end. Mm-hmm. I definitely was like, there was definitely a moment where I was like, are they gonna kill her? Are they going to have her do the same ending as the book where she sacrifices her life and whatever? Yeah. There was a moment where I was like, they might not. Right. Um, and then they, then, you know, if you're, if you're worried about spoilers at this point, whatever they do. Yeah. Um, but they have a different, so the, the one voiceover that they have in the movie, as far as I can remember is Juliet says, you saved me. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you Sam see vo- Sam yeah. standing there, like, I guess, watching the scene of her own death. Which is how the movie started. The movie actually starts with a voiceover. The movie starts Sam. with a voiceover, at, but, but the first time we see Sam, she's, like, sitting on a rock with her right. hair blowing in the wind. I think that she's sitting at what, what, for all intents and purposes, is her happy place that she took right. Izzy to. Yeah. I think that's that I think that's where that's supposed to be even though yeah. again the orientation of where the rock is and stuff is different. Right. Um because my imagination is king and mm-hmm. and the movie is just wrong. Hey, canon is canon. That's right. <laughs> um so the, she returns so yeah, she's like a, a a ghost or whatever and the last line, well no. The last line she says at that scene is no, you saved me. Right. But it's in voiceover. <laughs> right. And I, f- I had I had problems with that. Me too. I felt like there. It, this feels like a, I think one of our issues is that we're thirty um, somethings watching this, mm-hmm. as opposed to teens watching this, right? Because in the movie, they also um, before we the first time before uh, uh, Juliet jumps in front of the truck, mm-hmm. she says, "It's like your valogram always says." Yeah. As opposed to in the book where she just says the thing and you're yeah. supposed to remember. Yeah. 
it felt very handholdy there and then also at the end when she's like no you saved me yes in yeah because in the book she like the it closes out with her talking about like the flash of light and her feeling of being at peace knowing that she has accomplished what she was apparently supposed to accomplish right and yes this change felt very and i i recognize that they had to do more than just no, they didn't have to. They could have just done a flash of light and rolled credits. Right. Yeah. And I think that would have worked better, even though it would not have been as explicit right. what happened. They needed to... They Well, they. I think what they were avoiding was people coming out of the theater being like, so she just jumped in front of the car and that's it? Yeah. Which I get. Like, yeah. I, like I get that criticism. Again, that's probably as us as... Yeah. 30-somethings yeah. as opposed to us as adults. But right, yeah. Right. Did I ever tell you about we, when we saw Seventeen again in the theater? Possibly. Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. No, I know the movie. Yeah. It was a great movie. It's an excellent movie. Um, it, it solidified Zac Efron as an actual... Same. ...actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, because he, he Matthew Perryed perfectly. He Matthew Perryed often better than Matthew Perry. Yes. Um, we were... Waiting for everyone to funnel out, and these teens in front of us walked, were walking out and said, part, "You know, uh, trigger warning: there's about to be some teen language." <laughs> that was the gayest movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and I was sitting there changed. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there like, "What a revelation!" Zac Efron's so good. Matthew Perry still has it. Leslie Mann, great as usual. Yep. Just like, it's so great. And then I hear the teen review, and I'm like, oh, well, I suppose it's not for everyone. <laughs> not for everyone. But that was one of the things where it was it was a, an adult movie marketed yeah. as a teen movie. Yeah. Yeah, anyways. yeah, which is why I didn't think I would... Like, yeah. It took me so long to watch it yeah. because I thought it was a teen movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, this was a teen movie. This was very much a teen movie. Yeah. And I think the book... Was a teen book, clearly. Yeah, yeah. That was a dumb sentence that I just said. I, I started think... thinking of something else halfway through it. <laughs> the thing I started thinking of halfway through it was, what was the point? Mm-hmm. Much like in Groundhog Day, why? Why is she dying over and Like, I understand that the point was she had to learn to save... To, to think of people other than herself, she had to learn to save Juliet instead of trying to save herself, but... Why? Why did she wake up that second time? Why was her saving Juliet right. important? And there's a huge difference. And I wrote it in a note that apparently is somewhere else in my life. Oh, okay. Um, because I thought of it um, like like two days later. Okay. There's a huge difference between Groundhog Day and Before I Fall. And that is Phil didn't die necessarily every time and oh yeah sam didn't either but the the end of it is that she died the end of it is she's gonna die anyway and she you know you're if you're gonna die anyway maybe try and help some people on your way out sort of deal like she's told her parents she loved them she told izzy to don't worry what other people think she told all her friends how much she loved them kent what I'm saying, what I'm telling you is real. Anyways, about to go die. Yep. Um, which is kind of mean. Yeah. Um, I always, yes. 
That, <laughs> honestly, I think that was my biggest problem with the book, and I don't think we touched on it last yeah. week. My biggest problem with the book was that she realizes her feelings for Kent, acts on them, yeah. basically makes his childhood dream come true, right? knowing she's going to die. Yeah. It would be a real rough book to read from Kent's perspective. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Every single playthrough yeah. would be rough to read from Kent's perspective. Yeah. Um, so the point. I think the point of these kinds of movies... And by the way, um, last week we couldn't think... Well, I had tried to do some research about predecessors of Groundhog mm-hmm. Day. Uh, replay, which we've also yeah. talked about. Um, I was listening to a, a podcast that we've talked about before called Overdue mm-hmm. about the book Replay. Yeah, yeah. So they talked about Groundhog Day um, following in the footsteps of Replay. Mm-hmm. They also talked about this uh, story from the 70s called 12.01 p.m., Right. Which had two sequels, twelve o two p.m. and twelve o three p.m. Um, you can get them in a like a collected book on Amazon, and I'm, okay. I'm sort of looking at that. I'm not sure if I want to pay ten books, ten bucks for stories that I don't know anything yeah. about. Um, can you get it from the library? I look? can't. I, okay. I did look. Twelve o one p.m. is really hard to search, though. <laughs> um, Fair enough. So those, but so I think the point of these is on an infinite timeline. We can all improve if we put our minds to it. Right. That's the that's the overwhelming overarching point. Groundhog Day, as we discussed last week, is and you can get a girl. Yeah. And given enough time, you too can get the girl you want. Exactly. This one is you can eventually see that even the most lost among us are worth saving or something, which is sort of a um condescending theme to have yes I guess. better than groundhog days sure but like i just this wasn't a thing that bothered me on my first reading yeah it wasn't really a thing that bothered me as much as it's bothering me right now in this moment uh-huh. on my second reading it's not until after i'm watching this movie yeah and i'm like but it really bugs me that there's like why her why Juliet? yeah like, was Juliet going to cure cancer, and right. that's why the universe made her... Right. Made Sam keep doing this? Why did it have to be Sam? Right. Why could... I mean, out of that group, I understand why it had to be Sam. Right. Like, because Lindsay was... It was going to take Lindsay many, 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 many playthroughs... Right. ...to right. get there. But, like... And, I mean, one one quick devil's advocate is that Juliet shouldn't have to be able to cure... You know, be curing cancer... Right. ...to be worth saving. But... To your larger point, which is why specifically did Sam have this magical thing happen to her? Exactly. <laughs> yes. And you know, to the, you know, also why did Phil have this magical thing happen to right. him? Why did um, John X replay have the magical thing happen to him? Jeff. Jeff have the magical thing happen to him? What was the point of this happening? Now, okay, so butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. Similar. He has more agency over where he goes to and what right. he repeats and whatever. The point of that is some people, as much as we love them and care about them, we can't be in their lives. Right. Because we're toxic. Right. Or the or our interactions are toxic. Right. I think it's a very clear point, well made. And and I think that movie is makes the point that it's trying to make, however depressing, yeah. well. Yes. And le- and it it didn't have to beat us over the head with that director's cut like it like it might yeah. have, but these movies I agree it's sort of like so I, I like that they don't ever have the sort of 
genie character being like, aha, this is why I had this happen to you. Right. You're the secret savior, blah, 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 and here's your place in heaven or whatever. Right. Um, but the, but because they didn't have that hand-holding, they also, you're sort of like, so this is just some weird stuff that happened? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like in Stephen King, in a Stephen King version of this, there would have been, well, I suppose 112263... No, it's that it's that the universes are next to each other right. and right like Well, in a Stephen King version of this, there would be so much detail yeah. that you wouldn't care. Well, and I feel like, like it would be so complex and honestly, he would find a way to explain it. Well, like okay, so Ur. I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the story Ur. Yeah. Random <laughs> pink Amazon Kindle. Yep. <laughs> um that has Book story collections from other universes. Uh-huh. You enter in the universe number, and you have the bibliography of the authors of your choice in that universe. Right. There's no reason that the person has that. It's basically a mail mix-up. Yes. Like they got sent to you know someone else's order. There's no reason for it. However, there's no reason for my iPhone. Well, and that it's there was a reason though. It was a mail mix-up. Right. Right. That's all the reason that I right. need. Like, why Sam? Right. Why Why right. Sam? Why Julie? Like, yeah. I don't understand yeah. the, I guess, the rules of, she understood, she figured out the rules of the game that she was being right. forced to play. Right. But I want to know why she was playing the game. Right. And I'm never going to know unless right. I meet Lauren Oliver and ask her and she'll probably be like, I don't know. I just wrote a book. Or, Did you see the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Did you buy the book? Let me see your receipt. No, nope. Um, I did not. <laughs> um, maybe she she's working on a prequel before Before I Fall. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, also, I didn't like them working the title of the book into the like first. Page. Yeah. They're like, blah, 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 Before I Fell. I'm like, that's not the title. Also, there was a much more subtle reference in the book to if I should die before I wake. Yeah. Like, it. Working the title in rarely works. Yeah. And when it does, it has to be done so tongue-in-cheek. I'm thinking specifically of the movie The New Guy. Okay. With um, the... I can never remember his name, but the skinny kid from Road Trip. Right. He will always be the skinny kid from Road yeah. Trip. Where, so, DJ you, Qualls. DJ Qualls. Thank you. There's my inspiration for the entire week. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Somebody's like, who are you? And he goes, I'm... And he takes off his sunglasses. The New Guy. Yeah. And it's like so, it's the worst, but it works yeah. because of that type of, but very rarely does it actually work. I, I, I kind of legit love that movie. The new guy? I think I may have seen that in the theater by myself. I saw it one time. It was good. Who was I the liked girl it. in that? Yeah. She was really pretty. I feel like it was like. I want to say it was Eliza Dushku, but I don't think that's right. Ooh, no, it was. Was it really? I think it was Eliza Dushku. Yeah, we should absolutely. I'm, I'm going to look that yeah. up real quick. Because I, for I thought for a second, I thought it was the girl from uh, Forty uh, Forty Days and Forty Nights. Did you see that movie? Josh Hartnett can't have sex. No, for... surprisingly, that is. I, I was that came out when I was in like a real Josh Hartnett phase, but I never saw it. It was pretty good. It was. It was Eliza Dushku. Yeah, and Zoe Deschanel was in it. What? So was Lyle Lovett. Yeah, that was his dad, I think. Yeah. So shall we wrap things up? Yes. What did you think of this movie, Aaron? Blah? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it was... 
I don't feel like it was a complete waste of my time to have watched it, but if I had like paid money to see it in the theater as opposed to using my Verizon on demand points, I used my Verizon on demand points too. Yeah, I'm real glad I got this movie for free. Yeah, um, I felt like a tourist. Yeah. Um, in both the book and and I feel like a tourist sometimes reading young adult books anyway. Yeah. Um, but in the movie especially because I feel like the all the lighting and colors and all the music and all the fashion and everything were so. Come on, you're a teen. You get it. You know this song. Yeah. Um. And you're like, no, I actually don't. Yeah. I. I, I didn't recognize a single song in that entire movie. Oh, uh, I. I did recognize one song. She wakes up every morning. Her alarm is uh, "Dangerous" by Big Data, featuring Joy Wave. Big Data. Half of Big Data is my friend Alan Wilkes, who is the first person to ever send me music to my blog. Hi, Alan. Hi, Alan. Of all the people that we've ever said hi to, that it's unlikely that they'll ever hear this? I mean, it's not entirely unlikely, I suppose. Send him an email. Hey, I have a podcast. We talk about you at the very end of this week's episode. <laughs> I'd probably be like, um, we talk about before I follow the movie, and he'd be like, oh, I was on that. He'd be like, yes, we touch on that at roughly an hour in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, I felt like a tourist. I felt like it was fine, but I felt like I've identified with more teen movies better than I yes. did with this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I felt like all of, all of the the other three girls were very well cast. Yeah. Kent the actor did a fine job. Sure. I didn't like the direction that the wardrobe department right. <laughs> I guess chose to take his character. Right. Um I but regardless of frumpy sweater versus weird ducky shoes. Right. He played the character just fine. Yeah, I agree. Because how the character dresses doesn't really change right. how the character is. Nor does it in real life. Correct. Except sometimes I guess it does. Yeah. But but <laughs> the the real big miss for me, honestly, was Sam. Yep. And, she, and it's not that she wasn't a good actress. She and it's a... not that she didn't do a fine job in the role that she was doing. But it yeah. was like she did a fine job in this role in a different version of the movie. Yep, I agree. I agree. Like, they just... I, she was not somebody that I thought fit with the other actors that they chose I, to play opposite her. I agree. Um, remember when we saw Paper Towns? hmm That I felt like a tourist at, too. Okay. But I felt like all of the characters... I was like, oh, dude, I totally remember being that kid in high school. I totally remember being, you know, these these these... Boys are so relatable. All these characters are so relatable that I feel like I'm welcome in this in this country that I'm a tourist of. Yes. And this felt like some dark timeline where no one is welcome and all is gray and all is drab and it's rainy. Yes. And- yeah. Paper Towns felt like being a tourist in Canada or England or someplace that also speaks our language. Yeah. This felt more like being a tourist in France or Germany. Yeah. Like where we where, don't, we're not where wanted. they sh- where you know everybody speaks the language, yeah, but they're just not like that. You know everybody could like you're in Paris. Most people are gonna be able to speak English right. if you ask them a question in English, right? But nobody's doing it, right? Yeah, which they're makes me worried to about make you uncomfortable, <laughs> right? I'm worried about our our uh, our trip to Seattle in in the winter because that was. Where this... Speaking English in Seattle. Well, I know, but like... It'll the, be the, fine. The movie took place in, in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. 
where we're going. You know what else took place in the Pacific Northwest? Singles? Twilight. Oh, that's right. Okay. So be on the when we're in when we're at PodCon, be on the lookout for werewolves and sparkly vampires. Oh. I feel like we're going to look back in 20 years and and I feel like there's going to be a, a lot of think pieces about how the Twilight movies aren't as bad as everyone thought they were at the time. Yes, they are. They're not, though. Once you get past the stupid, like, the first one, <laughs> once you get past the, like, say it, say it, vampire, like, that crap, Yeah. and you get past the, like, but I'm this big buff werewolf now, why, why are you friend zoning me? My my issue, having only read and seen the first Twilight, but yeah. knowing what like knowing your thoughts on the movie franchise yeah. and knowing kind of what happens in the rest, the secondary characters yeah were great yeah I would have lo- I would watch a movie about the Cullens right I have no desire to watch any movie starring Kristen Stewart but especially Kristen Stewart looks at sparkly vampires and. The, and it's sort of like, you know how Harry Potter, like the Dursleys are like the worst, mm-hmm. the Worsleys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, it's like judging the Harry Potter series. And I, this is a leap. So stay with me on this okay. one. Based on the scenes that are so horribly cringeworthy of the first Harry Potter movie with the Dursleys. Okay. When there's Tonks waiting for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, yeah, I get it. I get it. But and we didn't read Twilight we didn't, this week. We didn't, and we didn't watch Twilight We didn't Twilight watch anything. We did, it was a, a book that was made into a movie, so it's not completely irrelevant. And there were probably some scenes that took place at Twilight. Yes. Presumably. If you enjoyed this actually somewhat coherent episode. Yeah. As far as our episodes go, yeah. this one kind of followed a trajectory. Yeah. Um, you can find more of us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Yes. You can also find us on Twitter. The podcast is at UFO Podcast. Today, the F stands for? Be, um, f- film I Fall. The f- f- film I Fall. <clears throat> I've said what, I've, what the F stands for. Okay. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Unabashedly Aaron. I'm at Unabashed James. Um... You, you should join our Facebook. group. You should join our Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We usually we do that at the top. Yeah, I kind of went out of order here. Yeah, I also said things that usually you say. Yeah, um, I, I confused him. <laughs> our uh, our Facebook group is called Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed, which remains an excellent name for a group. Thank you. Um, you should also uh, check out. Um, I was recently last night. I was on a guest on a podcast called Beckett to the Future. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the episode comes out on the thirteenth of July. Um, you should check out that podcast in advance, though. It's a it's such a James concept. I can't even stand it. It really is. They're going through back to the, um, pff, no. They're going through quantum leap. <laughs> they're going through back to the future. They're going through the back, nope. No. Um, they're going through quantum leap in chronological order of the dates that Sam leaps to on the show. So the first episode, he randomly leaps to a civil war era. Person, even though he's supposed to be only leaping within his life, his own lifetime, because he leaps into an ancestor of his, it's okay. So oh, their first okay. episode was Civil War. Mostly, it's gonna be 50s, 60s, 70s, right? But so the episode I did was um, in n- the 1950s. Okay. Um, it was really fun and really interesting, and uh, so you should check out. Um, they are on Facebook. You can join their Facebook group. 
You can search for them on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, just like just like us. And follow them on Twitter, though I'm not really sure. I think it's Beckett Future Pod, I believe, is their Twitter name. You should check out that podcast, too. I'm going to be on it in just a couple weeks from when this is coming out. But there are, there are I think I'm episode, like, 15 or something. So you can go back to, uh, to listen to other episodes to sort of catch up so that you know how how bad how bad I killed it like in a good way like yeah how much I crushed it uh, on that episode I'm excited episode. yeah it's good I think I think it was really good um, I think the episode was it's gonna turn out to be really good good uh, thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our I don't did know you blank on his name for a second I was like do we say his last name yeah. thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song did you guys know there was a ladder down here and thank you to Emily Cardamus for our excellent cover art you can follow her on Twitter at Corrupted Gem you guys I think that's going to do it for us this week uh, thank you for listening this has been Unabashedly Obsessed I'm James I'm Aaron. smoking kills and so do pennies mm-hmm.